Well, hello again, sir. What are you drinking on? Uh, from Side Project. It's called Parfait. Nice. If it's... I don't know. Some with toasted marshmallow and coconut. And I don't know. There you go. I just finished I'm off barrel-aged. a mile-wide Centauri for uh, Northeast IPA. Pretty good. Almost reminds me of that old school hopness that I think is coming back around. So, hmm, sweet. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. So, um, now, uh, I think this is something that we tried to do over a year ago, and uh, we, we did talk about a little beer on one of the episodes of our uh, main show, and then we got hijacked. Yeah, hijacked, and we got this idea to uh, kind of branch out and actually maybe do these deep dives. So uh, we started a sports-related show. We're going to do some other ones, but this was uh, one that, you know, was definitely top of the list. So uh, we're going to do a beer-related uh, series here. So I don't know how, how often we'll do it, and I don't know uh, what we're going to end up uh, really getting into, kind of try to have more of an organic conversation, but... Um, I, I think this is going to be spearheaded by uh, uh, myself and you, and you know, I think it'd be cool maybe to you know talk to a, a brewer or you know someone at some point that's maybe got more knowledge than you and me. Although I, that might be kind of difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool to sit down with like one of the local guys from like Scratch or somebody from Paducah Beer Works or something like that. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to working title this. Uh, I, I, I called it the noise beer gate. I don't know if I'm really a fan of that or not. I just was kind of drinking one night and came up with that one. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, um, <laughs> now uh, you and I were kind of talking about uh, how we were going to run this one. And uh, I think we, uh, we we kind of got some uh, a good a good idea down of how we were going to approach this topic. And just kind of use this one as kind of an introductory. So we may have like hit upon this when we tried to do this about a year or so ago, but never really got too deep into it because it just kind of went off the rails. So um, yeah, let's just just kind of start, man. Like what what uh what was your four way into the beer world, if you will? Um, my dad and my grandpa. Um, my uh, my dad was probably a lifelong alcoholic. You know, he had a couple drinks every single day, uh, whether it be beer. Or- manhattans or whatever and you know just growing up it was always there um i didn't go out to seek it because if i ever wanted i can grab it but i never abused it um and probably my first ever beer was with my grandpa i was probably seven or so maybe no Uh, my, (laughs) my grandpa always had a jug of um um jug of wine and he'd always have old style growing up in chicago on the the kitchen table and he's like yeah go ahead and try some so i know that was uh, definitely my first sips were with my grandpa um, i'm german so it was like beer was always there and it was just kind of it was just there <laughs> you know right, um, right right and uh you know my dad liked all different styles uh i mean some that i remember growing up are special export and ice house and uh beer from wisconsin called point just just random stuff like that. And uh, just my dad and his buddies, they would go fishing and they would always take me along. And I mean, I would just, I'd be little bink. <laughs> and because uh, my dad was obviously bink. And uh, so I was always just there with them and it was always around. And I just, 
I mean, I never abused it or anything like that, but it was just, it was there. Right, right. No. And so, okay, I have a question for you then, uh, being in that area. And I, I, I can't recall, I had this conversation with somebody many years ago, um, but they always talked about the original lining Kugel. Not the stuff that we know now is their shandies mm -hmm. and all that, but the actual original. Um, it was just lining Kugel. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't ever recall ever obviously seeing it, having it, whatever, but um, do you any knowledge on that one? Yeah, it was actually a red can uh, or a red bottle, like in bottles. Um, and it was more of like an amber ale style. Um, so it wasn't like the traditional, like, because it's in near right near Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like Miller Lite or anything like that. It actually had some more flavor to it. So that was kind of like the uh, stepping stone up to craft beer, you know, in the 80s. So. Yeah, and I, again, so I can't recall. I had that conversation with somebody a long time ago, and they 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 re re recalled that. Um, but I knew they were older than me, you know. So mm -hmm. that was kind of like something they remembered. But you see that amber ale kind of the step up, and that was my foray into the beer world. Was Yingling uh, growing up in the Northeast? That was obviously the the big deal. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, the first sips of beer I can remember having probably holiday party as a youth were most likely a Bud Light, Miller Light, whatever was floating around. Um, but uh, as I got older, Yingling was obviously this the stuff that we gravitated toward um, when we could afford it, um, because it was a little bit more expensive than your mm -hmm. typical, you know, Keystone and whatever else. You know, when you're young, it's like, you know, money is uh, not exactly uh, flowing. So we're, we're not sitting there going around hunting for the uh, the, the latest rares of a, a Bourbon <laughs> County or, a <laughs> you know, we're. We're, we're, we're trying to find the, the cheapest fix, right? So uh, Yingling uh, um, was uh, typically for us made, made sure that we'd always buy the bottle, the, 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 the iconic green bottle. Uh, but then the, uh, the, the funny thing is being in that area, Yingling had several different styles. I think it's one of the first times I really realized that, you know what, breweries make different beer. I was obviously aware that like, you know, Anheuser-Busch had, you know, Bud and Bud Light. Okay, that made sense to me. But Yingling, um, for the longest time, always had their traditional lager, which everyone knows. Then they had a light lager. They had a premium beer. Then they had a light beer, a porter, the black and tan, and then the Lord Chesterfield, uh, which is another ale. So they always had seven beers, always, that I, as far as I, as, as long as I knew of, um, at least in my drinking age uh, or longer. Um, and I, it was so cool because up there it was very readily available. So, um, you know, to me, that was kind of like my, I guess, dipping the toe in the water and the trying different things. It's like, let's try just the beer. Let's mm -hmm. try just the porter. And I remember going, doing the, uh, original brewery tour in the early two thousands. I just turned 21 and, uh, at the end of the tour, they kicked you out into this really old school type bar. And you could get uh, two six ounce pours, and of course I got the lager because I wanted to have it fresh. Uh, but then I got the black and tan, and it was awesome. Like I I had it before, like bottled whatever, but like first time I had it like that fresh draft, and was like my mind was blown. <laughs> like I need to start really, you know, trying to find different things now because now I realize that it was just more than just okay this one thing that all it's all I'm going to try. So I ask you, beyond that foray into it, like, what what was like your thing? Like, you know, what I'm going to try to something else. 
well, in high school, I mean, we would drink um, like MGD because, you know, being in the Midwest, we'd get different beers than you. We get the hams, um, mm -hmm. special export. I mean, Yingling, it was like never really even heard of it, you know, or it's just that beer you can never get. So like, so we drank that stuff pretty much whatever you can get your hands on. But then um, <laughs> I'll always remember this uh, before college. Um, and of course I had drank beers before then, but my dad's like, all right, one night we're getting drunk on hard alcohol. One night we're getting drunk on beer. So we got drunk on hard alcohol and the next night we got drunk on beer and uh, he's like, I want you to be prepared for college. So we drank, <laughs> he bought, he went to the liquor, liquor store and bought just singles of random stuff. And I mean, honey Brown was one of them. And, uh, there, there were so many different styles of beers and just kind of found what I liked. And then going to college, you know, my first year at SIU, it was pretty much just make sure you have your three bucks to get a red cup and just drink as much as you possibly can. Um, and that was my first year. And then my sophomore year, my um, roommate turned 21. And um, so once he turned 21, they started, uh, he started buying beer for everybody in our, um, in our dorm. So we would buy beer off of them, of course. You know, we charge them double, and uh, we just start trying different stuff. So we would take the, we try to get the six packs. We cut out the six pack and we put up around our room. We posted it was kind of like our original Untapped. Um, and you know, we want to go out before the bars and stuff like that. We would get a six pack, drink that of good stuff, then go to the bars and drink the cheap crap. So um, that was. Uh, my college and then after college it just you know i got a job and i was able to afford you know real beer and then <laughs> uh then it's kind of been downhill since then since i i you know i go on vacations just to go to travel places just for different breweries um i mean i go with football games or something like that but i'm right. going specifically for this brewery right right yeah no uh, i completely yeah that's so cool though about the the college bit you know with actually you know kind of you know, basically decorating like your own on tap. That's pretty awesome, actually. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I like that. The um, uh, the thing that I I find um, interesting is you mentioned MGD, and that mm -hmm. was one of our go tos. Uh, even oh. with the even with the Yingling days, um, did a lot of that. You know, um, I, now why I don't know. I, I think mm -hmm. it was like the cool thing back then. Um, I, man, I, I don't know if I could even take a sip of one now. Uh, they still make that. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, it was brewed in Milwaukee, and we get a lot of that stuff. Plus, my one buddy, his brothers were older, and they would just buy us beer. Which yeah, was great. I'm sure yeah, they no, charged us double and triple, but you yeah, know. just it's just funny because I remember that being kind of a, a hot thing. Now, when I went down to to, to here for college, um, you know, obviously, you know, Yingling was kind of a, a, a not 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 in Kentucky, and certainly not in Illinois. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I spent a lot of time Kentucky, Tennessee. Uh, not long after we moved down here, Tennessee started selling it. So mm -hmm. we would take trips, um, to certain places just to pick up cases of it. Um, but before then we would take and do a lot of Keystone because what we could afford, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but then we had a hookup, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, was a bouncer at a bar and, uh, he was dating a bartender at the time and they would do these, you know, uh, five hour covers and $2 mm -hmm. pictures of Miller Lite. Mm -hmm. And uh, then it became to a point where they, they started waving the cover and then it was just $2 pitches of Miller Lite. <laughs> and then it was, there is no charge of anything. 
So we would just go drink for free on Friday nights. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So we were, we were, we were going through several pictures of Miller light and you know, it was just what we did. Mm -hmm. uh, Keystone at home, Miller light at the bar um, because we didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, we would do quarter drafts and on Tuesday it would be at Gatsby's and then third Wednesday it would be at sidetracks in Carbondale. So like you would just save up your change and just go there and get hammered, you know? Yeah. Of course it was crap beer. It was, you know, Miller light or, uh, the beast or, you know, some of those cool. things along those lines. Yeah. Oh, talking about the, uh, do the beast. I, oof. that's one that I can recall having, you know, a bit of, early on maybe one of those times i was like ah, let's just throw down a six pack with some keystone or something but mm -hmm. i always stuck with what i knew um you know and what i could you know find that was the other thing too moving down here um going to murray state that you know murray was basically damp at the time um you can only buy it by the glass there was mm -hmm. no packaged goods so packaged goods we had to go down to tennessee wow. and uh when we go to when we went down to tennessee as well before england and stuff and even then, like the place we went to, you know, wasn't like after England came into Tennessee. It's not like they had it. Mm -hmm. You know, you you basically had your cheap choice, your not cheap choice, and that was it. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. like, do you want to how how much money do you want to spend on? Like, you basically had Keystone, Coors, and you know maybe Miller and Bud, and that was about it. I mean, there was just right. nothing there. Um, so fast forward a couple of years and. You know that was kind of like a a thing, um, and 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 really outside of college, I mean, dude, that was really about it. I didn't do a whole lot, you know, mm -hmm. up until May, basically the end of college is when I started really finding it and figuring it out. So I don't know. What about you? Like, what was like really the the timeline? I know you talked about trying some different things in college, but when and when you got out of it, as far as you know, being able to buy your own. Um, what 15 almost 20 years ago now roughly oh at least um so i graduated siu in 01 and i was drinking multiple different types of beer and then i moved back to chicago when my wife was finishing pharmacy school so like i got bourbon county at the infancy age of going to the you know goose island before anybody knew what it was i had a buddy good buddy of mine who lived in the city and we'd walk to different breweries from his place um you know and you know, I've been to Half Acre and uh, a, just a number of different ones around the city of Chicago. Revolution, like before the beer industry got going. And, you know, we were drinking these styles before they became popular. And it was like, you can get stuff on the shelves so easy. Now it's, well, can I find it? Or do I have to do a preview or a prepay for it or, you know whatever it might be to get some crazy stuff back in the day, it was, it was easy because nobody was really in that realm of craft beer. Right. Yeah, no. And, and, and I, I think that's one of the parts I missed out, like living down here initially, um, you know, again, part of it was affordability, but two, there was nothing around, you know, it's mm -hmm. not like breweries were, were prevalent. Uh, we didn't live right. in any major cities or anything. Um, it really wasn't until I started traveling back, mm -hmm. um, back up North. Um, and we did that quite frequently anyway, but uh, what really sparked my interest was we'd stop at a gas station and, you know, we'd look for something to drink. Well, you know, after a while, I'd kind of grow tired of, you know, the Miller and whatever else. And so 
you'd find these random six packs of, you know, typically it was like an amber or, you know, maybe some kind of pale, uh, mm -hmm. pale ale or, a, or, or, or something kind of uncommon, but sometimes you'd find a lager. And it was always these local places, um, mm -hmm. you know, they'd never heard of. And, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, I guess I'll try that. Yeah. That was it. That's all I needed. It was just mm -hmm. that one little, like, boom, like, okay, maybe there is some different stuff out here. So I didn't quite have the the cool, like, having the Bourbon County stuff in the early zeros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That certainly wasn't. I don't remember even having one until maybe 2011 or 12. Mm -hmm. You know, that's probably the first time I remember even seeing it or maybe even hearing about it. You know, just wasn't yeah. really not nearly what it is now. And like too, like growing or living in Chicago, we would go up to, you know, Gurney and go to the outlet malls or go to Great America or Six Flags, whatever. And then mm -hmm. we'd go across the border to uh, Wisconsin and we get New Glarus. Yeah. You know, we were getting spotted cow. We were getting their sours and kind of before sours even became anything, there were fruit beers and just like how styles have really changed. But I was thinking back in Carbondale um, at Pinchpenny, they actually had, they brewed their own oatmeal stout. And it's still one of my favorite oatmeal stouts I've ever had in my life. Oatmeal stouts are like a lost art. It's hard yeah. to find. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um, funny you say that. And we're going to you know, do, do, do deeper dives into to styles mm -hmm. on, on episodes and stuff. But um, I've, I've had a couple of IPAs recently that were really reminded me of stuff that I had years ago. Uh, it's almost like it started to come back around with either mm -hmm. that or my palate may may have flipped for whatever reason, but right. it's almost like it's starting to come back around with that. I just remember mm -hmm. that really natural, piney, just in your face hop that's just not mm -hmm. there in a lot of IPAs. That they almost tend right. to be more malty these days. Mm -hmm. um, so or citrusy or right, right. It's the, the balance is nice, but it's mm -hmm. not. To me, it's not an IPA. It's just a beer. Well, it's you know. Growing up too, like they didn't have all these super styles. It was porter, stout, lager, IPA. I mean, that was it. There was no fruited this, that, you know, whatever. And it was just the basic things like black IPAs. Those are you can't find those anymore. No. I absolutely love those. Me too. No, me too. And anytime I'm, anytime I see one, that's that's one of the first things. That's usually a natural draw for me. Mm -hmm. Is a uh, uh, black IPA. They call it a, what a Cascadian too, don't they? Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, but those were everywhere, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And, you know, at least in the craft area. Mm -hmm. And, but now, I mean, it's like finding a unicorn, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's another good conversation. I think that might be a good conversation to kind of revisit um, maybe with a, a brewer or just somebody maybe that's doing some research why it kind of disappeared. But that's mm -hmm. not the only style that's, you know, really, you know, disappeared or at least, mm -hmm. you know, not. You know, there, there are certain ones to me, and I know they're not, you know, the, the popular ones or whatever, but not everyone makes a good brown ale. You oh, know, yeah, something brown. That, yeah. I don't know if you used to have that. Um, I've had it, um, but, okay. it was, you know, yeah, yeah, I know exactly that what was, you're talking about. Yep. That was all around, you know, Chicagoland area was honey brown, and that was one of the craft, sorry, the craft beer stuff, and it was good. Yeah, no, it, it was, and, and just, I don't, you know, a lot of the... A lot of the breweries that I've ever been to, that is, that's, you know, oh, it's, I'm not saying it's like a nose up type thing, mm -hmm. 
but they just, you know, they won't touch it. You know, it's, uh, yeah, they'll make a, like a, you know, stuff for everybody. They'll do the Pilsner. They'll do a lager. They'll do whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that brown ale stuff, they just, you know, very common style, but you really just don't see it, you know, as maybe as much as I would like, because it's one of my, it's an easy one, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I've traveled around and been to a ton of different places, and I'm actually a, a beer society member of Funky Buddha, and I will give props to Funky Buddha. They do brown ales really good, but they're barrel aging them with cinnamon and marshmallows and, you know, other stuff, but it's mm -hmm. still got that base beer of a brown ale. Right. Right. And uh, that's, I think that's one of the things. So I started um, home brewing um, back in 2013 but 10 years ago now and did it on different scales and the first thing that i i really wanted to tackle was an amber um because that's what i was used to i was used to drinking mm -hmm. um you know darker beer no granted i wasn't lagering yeah killian's irish red I, yeah i wasn't lagering or anything um right. but but that was uh certainly a style that i wanted to shoot for so um that's what I did. You know, it was easy. It was an extract beer. You know, it's what you, mm -hmm. anyone that's brewed, that's where they start. They start with extract. So, um, and you know, for my accounts now, it came out just fine. You know, I, I you know, I could probably be completely wrong and <laughs> be just only remembering the, uh, things that I want to remember, but it's those things. Like I had, I never would wave my nose up to the brown or the amber or the red ale that stuff, because that's what I remember really getting into mm -hmm. early on, ahead of almost anything else. Yeah. You know, and uh, just a, lot of, a lot of places just don't do the, the basics. They always mm -hmm. have to go for, and don't get me wrong, I love my fruiteds and I love the double IPAs and I love all the crazy stuff, but it, they just don't do them. And it's a shame, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's almost like you're you're shooting for I don't know. You're trying to keep your, your craft audience happy, but it's like you're also kind of shooting yourself in the foot because you could be attracting a lot more people with basics. Yeah. Uh, me and my buddy were out in Colorado for a football game. Of course, we went to different breweries and we were at this one brewery and we just sat down and like, ah, porter. It just said porter. We tried it. We're like, holy cow, this is the roasty old porter, you know, that we'd miss. It's like you just miss that basic beer. Because everybody's throwing everything in the sun in it. Yeah. You know? No, you're 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 definitely not wrong. That's what's well, one of the things the the, the the two breweries that we have in town. No, they don't really make the greatest beer, but I absolutely love the Paducah Beer Works um, Porter. It's just mm -hmm. a good solid porter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I've I and it's you know again it's it's very simple. Mm -hmm. It's there's not a lot to it. There's not a lot thrown in it but I like it and I've, mm -hmm. I've had it time and time again. It's not like it's, and I'll have it again at some point, you know, it's not like it's uh, you know, like you said, you know, uh, I throw a marshmallow in it or they do, you know, they barrel this or they barrel mm -hmm. that. And, and again, I look, we're going to have deeper conversations into that sort of thing because I absolutely love that stuff. But you know, the basics are just, man, for a lot of places, just not there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, something that I used to grow up to being German, um, we would always have German beer um, from the little local places, and they would we'd get it from you know Germany and Hefeweizens. I mean, Hefeweizens with banana, I absolutely love that banana flavor, and like you can't find those now unless you're getting 
you know, some sort of beer from Germany. Nobody no. in the United States makes a good Hefe. 100%. That was one of my favorite gateways. Uh, when I took a trip to Utah with my parents in 2005, mm-hmm. uh, uh, went to a brewery, Wasatch. Um, it was in Utah, and I can't remember. Oh, where. yeah. Yeah. I can't I remember the city. Yeah, yeah, but it was they had a Hefe. And uh-huh. uh, I had their Porter, too, which at the time they named it Polygamy Porter, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Well, it couldn't be over what, like four percent or something like that, five percent because of the state law. Yeah, that's some goofy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, but their hefe was awesome. Had that that banana was just perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just perfect on it. That'd be you know that's the fun of the hefe, the banana bubble gum. Um, you know, you get that banana biscuit. laffy taffy. That's I need to have that. And if, yeah, if it's not yeah. there. You're not doing it right. Yep, exactly. That's mm-hmm. that's funny though. It's it's again, it's a stop. No one touches that. I mm-hmm. mean your bigger craft breweries do every once in a while. Um, and when they do, that's still not always a winner. No, you know, they, they miss something on it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of, gosh, I can't even think the last time I went somewhere and saw some, you know, place that, like a brewery that I went to that had it on tap. Yeah. Just, like my go-to is hacker shore. If I see that, like if I'm out and there's nothing and I see that, I'm like, I'm grabbing a one because I just haven't had it. Right. Right. Yeah, and I can't even, you know, it's sad because I can't even think of a good, like, I don't know, the craft place in America that even touches a good, uh, you know, outside of what I just mentioned in Utah, but I don't even, hell, I don't even know if they're still in business. Right. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, it's weird. But, you know, you're right. So my parents uh, lived in Germany for three years uh, before I was born. And, um, you know, so they had the Steins always, you know, mm-hmm. that they collected. Oh yeah, and, and so of course over time I'd I'd go back and I'd try to get the German versions of that beer because I was curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Lowenbrau, you know, yeah, real, real typical. Uh, but then over time they opened up the uh, you know the Hofbrau, mm-hmm. uh, got real popular here because now they have like the Hofbrau houses and yeah, and all I've that. Yeah, yeah, and and that's I think it's a cool thing because those places to me are doing your more typical beer. Mm-hmm. The stuff that brings everybody in, but yeah, the same or the same or similar recipes that have been around for hundreds of years, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's um, you know, it's 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 cool because like it's good to remember like where this all really started, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I mean the you know most Americans don't take German beer besides a lager and a um, an Oktoberfest like a Marzahn you know, or Oktoberfest beer. Um, and I think Sam Adams does a good job on doing that. That's the only time I ever get Sam Adams every year. But um, that's one style that the Americans have done well, is the Oktoberfest style beers. Yeah, yeah, they've kind of figured that one out. Um, but even then, that's a uh, it's kind of a limited palate type thing. You know, there was... Mm-hmm. Uh, I can have a handful and then I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm good till next year. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. That's, that's another one too, though. That is uh, certainly a, a style that I think the uh, American breweries have embraced um, because you do see even the smaller guys um, brewing um, Oktoberfest or Marzen's, mm-hmm. you know, religiously and they're always released in like August or whatever. Yes. Um, seems like early and earlier. It's like Christmas. You know, yeah. it's going to be July. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, um, 
um, and one of these days we'll, 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 we'll get into your favorite because there's another that's always released around that time too. <laughs> You're a big fan of the pumpkin beers. I know you are. <laughs> Love pumpkin pie, not in a beer. But um, so, okay. So kind of going back to the, 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 the start of, do you remember offhand, maybe like the first like actual brewery you stepped foot into that was just like, bad good and different maybe just the first or the first that you remember trying was... anything goose island i mean growing up in the city i mean we just we went there you know and you know i mean they don't have like the handful of, i mean they got like 20 things on tap now mm -hmm. at the time it was maybe six or eight um but able to try different style beers and letting craft um, brewers try stuff there was kind of, I mean, they've been doing, you know, Bourbon County for what, 20 something years or 30 years, whatever it is. And, um, it, it being Ch iconic Chicago, that was where you went. And they always had something different. At least they had like five staples and then one always that was different. And, you know, they were just trying things. And then that's the great thing about breweries. They just try things. And if it sticks, it works. And if not, then, you know, they're losing money. So, yeah, I'll throw a little history here for you, too. Uh, so, um, in 1992, uh, Bourbon County Brand Stout was first brewed in celebration of the 1,000th batch of beer brewed at Goose Island. Mm -hmm. This is the funny one, though. In 1995, Bourbon County Brand Stout was entered into the Great American Beer Festival. It was disqualified due to the beer not fitting into style guidelines of any beer categories at that time. However, <laughs> it was awarded an honorable mention. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, the uh, other note there, it says the Fulton Street Brewery. I don't know if that name rings a bell to you. That's the one we went to. Okay. Yeah, it says Fulton Street Brewery opened and began. Oh, the one you and I went to. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize it was Fulton Street. My bad. Uh -huh. um, yeah, it took you the original. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, open and began brewing, so it opened in '95. So that's how long that's yeah. been there. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Now that's pretty funny about the Great American Beer Festival. That's a little little beer history there for you. There, that's you know uh, certainly something that I didn't know. But so yeah, they've been doing it for over 30 years. Yeah, mm -hmm. last year was the 30th anniversary, which we well know because we've we've had that. Yeah, and you know originally it was just Bourbon County, and then they did coffee and. Uh, barley wine and those were the only two variants and then they did a rare and then then after that it went vanilla and crazy and you know how everything but like their first two variants were coffee and, and barley wines for a number of years before they started really going crazy with other stuff yeah it says that the uh was first packaged in 2005 so i mean that's mm -hmm. pretty good there i was uh you that, that would have been your prime time then up there Right? Mm -hmm. Or were you yeah. back down here by then? No, I was still up there for another year. Okay. So. Yeah, that's, but I had uh, a buddy, you know, that lived within walking distance, so we would just go there. Benny's gotcha. is right across the street. We go to Benny's, then we go there, and then we go back to his place. So it was nice. Yeah, that's a that's a good one-two punch right there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and uh, here we'll do we'll we'll do a little more history on this, and I think this is a good it's that. You know, it's kind of cool to like, you know, know the history on this. Um, this is, uh, you remember this one, Juliet? 
a Belgian, oh, yeah. yeah, Belgian inspired wild ale with fresh Michigan mm-hmm. blackberries was released. That was in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the first new release to come out of a newly formed innovation team at Goose Island. Um, hundred percent secondary fermentation of wine casks with fresh fruit additions. And that was yeah. the actual first, um, in the same uh, year, the first Bourbon County variant was served at the festival of wood and barrel aged beers in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So that, that's how far back that all goes. Um, yeah. So first founded in 92, uh, first brewed in 92, I should say, and then the first variant released in 09. So mm-hmm. you're talking about a little bit of history here. And now it's kind of funny because I remember last year being able to find uh, several variants here. And, and they, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, uh, pulled back a little bit on that. But um, that was the first time I really recall, well, maybe a couple of years in a row there, that I recall seeing... Uh, the variants, you know, elsewhere, or at least mm-hmm. down here. Because um, I've made several trips up that way before. So I, I kind of, you know, I had an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, that's really, that's pretty neat, man. Um, uh, I was going to go and, and think of um, first brewery that I can really, I, I went to Yingling pretty early, but mm-hmm. um uh, my uh, first brewery that I remember going to, I went to a, a Budweiser uh, plant back well before my drinking time, mm-hmm. um, and I just thought it was the neatest process. You know, thought it was so cool how the how the stuff all worked. Um, but as far as like actually sitting down and like having a beer post, you know, drinking age, um, it was it was probably Yingling. I mean. Mm. You know, and because I mean, I was just 21, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like it was, a, you know, so um, it was really cool because, and then really thinking back on it, it was, you know, the oldest brewery in America. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, you're, you're jammed in there. I mean, you basically could reach out and grab a bottle off the line. I mean, that you're, that's how, of course, this was oh, 20 really? years ago. Yeah. I mean, you're just there. Hmm. Um, I thought that was really cool. Uh, but that's really the first time I can remember. And then uh, you know, the year later, a couple of years later, going out west and uh, going to the place I mentioned, Utah, to, mm-hmm. to Wasatch um, or West West Wasatch. I got. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's that's really the first ones that I could recall. It's like around mm-hmm. the 03, 04, 05, yeah. you know, time frame. Because um, quite honestly, down here, I mean. It's distilleries, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, so um, Half Acre was also had a tiny little place as well, and they were putting on IPAs that were just absolutely killer, um, West Coast style, and, like, just it was just different than anything that was going on in Chicago. And, again, my same buddy, we would, you know, would go there as well. And then um, there was a little biker bar, right across the street called bad apple and uh, they would have a ton of different things on tap and use just great hamburgers too and it's just like <laughs> i haven't thought about that in probably you know x amount of years but just bringing you know talking with you just the memories just keep coming back yeah yeah no that, that's the whole point man this it's supposed to be an organic like experience of just trying to remember stuff you know and mm-hmm. it's funny because most of the time like uh talking to anybody i'd love seeing that because i can't remember hardly anything Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> eventually I'll get there 10 episodes down the road from this and be like, Oh yeah, I remember having, <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> um, 
But uh, I will say this. So uh, this was really funny. Um, again, not a news story, but it's 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 in the in the the realm of discovering brewery. So I uh, was up in um, Savoy, you know, uh -huh. our, our wonderful uh, place where Triptych is, and I had gotten uh, something to do at U of I, and I couldn't recall what it was, but I had stayed down in Savoy uh, because the hotel was cheaper. Um, because at the time, you know, it was, you know, money was kind of a, a, in a pinch at work and we were just trying to, you know, get stuff done. So I was sent on a training and, uh, ended up staying down there. I was looking for something to do. And I'd heard, someone had said that they'd open up this new brewery, um, you know, not too far from where I was staying. And so I, I walked over and it like literally had been open for like maybe a month. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was triptych. Yeah. And it was like kind of hard to believe because you know going back on it it was like di completely different experience at the time because they were one of the first places i ever walked into that had like 12 or 15 different things on tap mm -hmm. you know i was so used to going to places that had like four yeah or five you know it wasn't hardly anything and mm -hmm. they were the first ones like hey let's just have this expansive selection that was new. That was like new world to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was a fun day. <laughs> I'd imagine. Um, and I've, I've tried to go there at least once a year, um, yeah. you know, just to stop and at least, you know, at least stop and pick up cans or whatever, you know, it's, um, but yeah, that was one of the first experiences I had of really seen like, mm -hmm. uh, new, but, uh, I think well, I do the same thing, like going, driving home to Chicago, you know, I always, check my phone or well at the time i was checking the internet to see if any new breweries came upon you know and then there's brookstone up in bourbonnet which i checked out when it was freshly open and then triptych because it's like hey it's a little bit off the road i'll take my uh, uh map quest and i will uh, go there <laughs> and uh, just see what they have and grab some beers and go from there yeah and it, i tell you what man it, i've never really been disappointed um Mm -hmm. One of those just, you know, it's almost, it's a weird, like in a weird, weird spot, you know, it's, you know, not really anywhere near it's like three or four miles south of downtown Champaign. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's such a good place and a good brewery and they've expanded quite a bit over the years, but then we'll, we'll, we'll get into different places and, and, um, some of our favorites and, and future mm -hmm. talks. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was thinking about it too, as you mentioned it earlier, when we first started recording, uh, we're, we're really close. You're closer than I am, but uh, really close to such a unique one in Scratch. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the first, like, ones around here that I was able to have. Um, and this goes back to probably 0809 or whatever. Yeah. Well, weirdly enough, I went the second weekend that they were open. We heard, had heard about it, and we're like, oh, let's just give it a try. So we went there, and then we went to Ava Fish Shack, which we always like going out there. But, um, you know, they just had different stuff. And, like, they're nationally known because they're just doing weird stuff. They're hippies. They just live out in the middle of the woods. They forage, and, and they do cool stuff. And it was just like, and seeing, like, how much scratch has grown from a tiny little one-room th thing to where they're at now, it's cool, you know? Yeah. 
That's what I remember. Uh, so my, my good friend of mine, uh, who I will see next week, actually, and you met him, my buddy Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, he when he went out to the Great American Beer Festival one time, he said that Scratch had like the longest lines. Hmm. Um, and it was the, one of their oyster beers. Oh yeah, uh, that was you know uh, was 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 crowding the lane, so to speak. Um, but he routinely would ask me whenever I would visit up there more uh, prior to COVID, um, can you bring back anything from Scratch, please? <laughs> Because you know it's Scratch isn't exactly widely distributed. <laughs> no, um, there's one place in Carbondale that occasionally has the stuff, or you got to go there. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Roof Brothers um, before they sold, um, and really again prior to COVID, they would carry a couple things. Like I picked up a bottle of Basil IPA there once, and a couple of other things. Um, you know the the mushroom stuff, mm-hmm. uh, the chant- chanterelle. Um, yeah that they were so famous for. Um, but no, it, it, their stuff is so unique because it's like what over a, you know, wood open fire. Uh-huh. Um, they, they, they do a lot of bartering and trading for ingredients. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a big, pretty good sized property. Uh, they forge for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's kind of unheard of. Mm-hmm. But everything is so good. Mm-hmm. it's just it's just different you know yeah. it's so fresh um yeah that's definitely one that when i first really started working and was able to kind of explore a little bit that was really the first one down here mm-hmm. you know but, uh yeah i like that one that's uh mm-hmm. you know still good to this day <laughs> yeah and you were so gracious to pick me up a bottle <laughs> so i appreciate that mm-hmm. um but uh, so beginning memories, is there anything else that you have like uh, that just kind of fell in there? Or... Hmm. Uh, just with growing up, we would always go to Wisconsin and there'd always be different local little places in Wisconsin that just brewed their own beer. They didn't distribute. And I wasn't of the age to drink, but my dad would get it and be like, here, take a sip, you know? And I couldn't even tell you what those places were. Um, a lot of them places in Wisconsin, um, just little local bars. And, uh, or they'd be the um, supper clubs would be another thing big in Wisconsin. And you would just have a beer there of, it'd be a lager or red or something simple. Mm-hmm. But it was just more things of growing up, kind of like my introduction into beer. And uh, my dad did a good job of doing that. Wow, that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's, uh, uh, see, that's the kind of like stuff like just makes it great for like your great opener. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's just perfect. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's been good. This has been a good episode to kind of introduce this. Well, I think we're going to, uh, maybe dive into it. We'll, uh, We'll, we'll put our heads together and we'll pick a style and we'll dive in and or do or do yeah. that or do like a you know a favorite brewery or, or something yeah 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 I, I think that right. that'd be a good way to approach it man so um dude uh I think it's been fun we think yeah all right well I guess we're uh we're gonna close this one up we're gonna say cheers right cheers my friend